Hello, everybody. Welcome to Becoming Better, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better human being. I'm the host of the show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 45, How to Generate More Ideas. Less sing-songy today. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm just in that idea mode, just deep in my mind, writing this book that'll come out maybe some year, maybe a couple <laughs> years from now. Just Maybe some year. Goodness, maybe. I hope it comes out eventually. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll have to follow up in a year or two on the podcast. But today we're talking about ideas. And so the very last episode we chatted about how to capture them. There's so many different ways of capturing them. Notepads everywhere, essentially. Uh, or this, nowhere, if you're me. Or nowhere, if you're you. And this week we're chatting about how to generate ideas. And so there's essentially two types of creative problems. The first type is is ones that take logic to solve. So these are the ones that we have to think all the way through. We got to hunker down. We got to work on them. And then the second type, which is the one we're going to focus mostly on today, are the ones that require larger leaps in thinking. And the reason we're covering this one is the first one, you just have to do the work. That's pretty much what every other episode of this podcast is about. But for the ones that take larger leaps in thinking, there are actually some ways of approaching them more strategically and generating more ideas. But before we get into that, I have a question for you, Arden. Where do ideas come from? For me? For anyone. So maybe I'll give you a couple of examples where I think ideas come from in my own work. There are kind of like two sources where if I'm working on something and it's really complicated or really complex, I've been working with some really enormous data lately that's been really complicated and, and going through it has been really hard. In that kind of example, the ideas come from pretty much exactly what you were working on right immediately before you had the idea, where it really takes time to think through and and logically solve. And then there's this other category where I'm thinking more high level or I guess where I'm trying to connect things that are so much less connected than I realized. Disparate. Yeah. Disparate is the word that I'm looking for. And in those examples, sometimes the ideas come to me when I'm just doing something completely unrelated or have some time to think about it. And I know that sounds like exactly what you just said, but I really (laughs) do think in my, in my work, it's either immediately related to what I'm working on or it's completely disconnected and it comes to you kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. And I I think that's the key to get across is uh, good ideas either come from hard work. If they're these logical ideas that you can approach step by step Or they come from a wandering mind where these ideas that take a larger logical leap come from. And I think this is the key when you look at the research is when it comes to generating ideas, uh, a wandering mind in in terms of our creativity is in a league all of its own. And, And if we're looking to generate more ideas, that's actually one of the most fruitful places uh, to which to turn to do so. And this is not to say that these wonderful ideas or good ideas will come to you completely out of the ether. You're not going to solve world hunger or whatever major problem you're working on out of nothing. You need enough raw material to work with. So obviously you need to put in the work. So there's, there's two pieces here. There's putting in the work so that you have enough raw material to work with. And then there's allowing your brain to do its thing and and figure it out. 
figure out those leaps that you're talking about. Yeah, you almost need to invest in the first type of creative problem solving to get to the second, right? Because yeah. you need to do the the logical work to reach an impasse with the problem that you're facing. But once you've reached the impasse, mind wandering is the best place to turn to to make that larger leap. And so, yeah, exactly right. You do need that raw material that you can piece together and find a creative way of bridging ideas together because sometimes, you know, there's a way of building that bridge step by step, but sometimes you do need a bunch of popsicle sticks and glue. But when you do, that's when you turn to mind wandering, which is the episode today. So the key, mind wandering, when most of these good ideas come to us, why do you think good ideas come to us? When you ask somebody, when do your best ideas strike you? People rarely say when I'm focused. They might say, oh, when I'm taking a shower or when I'm going for a walk or when I'm going for a run. And this is because of where our mind wanders off to. Yeah, you covered this a bit in your TED Talk a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, I guess it's a couple of years ago now. Wow, that's, that's wild. wild. Um, COVID but, time. Yeah, it's accelerated and slowed everything mm-hmm. down. You know what? You know what accelerates time and slows it down? Black holes? No. Uh, yeah, actually. But <laughs> the black hole in our schedule is novelty. Hmm. And so the more novel our schedule is the slower time will appear to pass, but the more consistent it is on a day-to-day basis, the faster time will go because our brain kind of uses novelty as a marker in time for judging how much time is best. So if you feel like COVID has lasted 10,000 years, but yet no time at all, just make it more novel. Anyway. Try new things. Yeah. So Listen to episodes of our podcast again and again if you want to speed up time. (laughs) There you go. Get to the end of COVID sooner. So what I was about to say, though, is that what you talked about in in the TED Talk is that your mind basically goes to... Uh, thinking about the future about 48% of the time, thinking about the present about 28% of the time, and thinking about the past 12% of the time. And yes, for those of you who are doing some quick mental math, I know that doesn't add up to 100%, but basically the difference there is going to be made up in times that your mind is either dull or blank or is thinking about something a little more abstract. Yeah, and we actually think about the future so much when our mind is wandering that uh, researchers like Jonathan Smallwood, Jonathan Schooler, who I think conducted that original study, the 48% wandering into the future, 28 present, 12 past, uh, they actually call this the mind's prospective bias, just because we spend so much time planning. And this is exactly why when you're taking a shower, your mind is rarely in the shower with you. Uh, Maybe it's already in the office, or maybe you're not going to an office. Maybe it's already in the home office, thinking about what you're going to do that day. Maybe it's thinking about the intentions that you're setting for that specific day. And 12% thinking about the past, you might think that, oh, I hate when my mind thinks about the past. I'm always just recalling something that was cringeworthy, some stupid thing I said to a friend a few years back. But really, a lot of that time our mind is recalling uh, ideas that we consume there. And for breaking down the future, so we're doing a breakdown of a breakdown. So 48% of the time in which our mind is wandering, we're thinking about the future. But of that future thought, 44% of the time we're thinking about the immediate future. So this is when maybe you're walking down a hallway on your way to a meeting and you think about what you want to talk about in there. Uh, Maybe 
you're walking to the office in your home, but ready to record a podcast. Maybe you're thinking about, were you, were you just that? Yeah. So we were just thinking about that here. Uh, but 40% of the time you're thinking about tomorrow, right? So this is where you become more intentional in thinking about the future. We actually think about our goals 14 times as often, research shows, when our mind is wandering versus when we're focused. And I think that's something key to keep in mind because it's by bouncing between all three mental temporal destinations, the future to the past, to the present, to the future, to the present, to the past, that we connect all three right? We connect ideas that we found in the past to problems that we're facing in the present, to how we're going to deal with these problems in the future, coming up with an idea in the shower we would never have arrived at otherwise. Um, you know, And we also get to rest in this mode because we're not trying to do anything with our mind. Our mind is just doing what it does, which is bouncing between all three destinations. So in addition to the ideas we get to rest, but we also plan for the future, right? Ideas, resting, and planning. These are the three main uh, advantages of mind wandering. But in that idea space, there's actually ways that we can almost turbocharge, as corny and self-helpy as a word that can be when used in a context like this, we can actually take advantage of uh, the natural tendencies of our mind to capture more ideas, to solve more problems, and to unearth more ideas that would never strike us otherwise. So how exactly can you take take advantage of these things? This was this was actually a great joy when I was putting together the book. So uh, we should say that we're, again, doing a kind of book report of sorts, this idea, in addition to covering it in the TED Talk, which we'll link to in the show notes uh, and in the article for this episode. uh, I wrote about these ideas in Hyperfocus, giving it really just a fascinating deep dive. And I realize I'm calling my own work fascinating, but I'm really just calling the research fascinating surrounding this, because we can kind of tweak how we relate to this mode in our mind uh, to capture more ideas, to solve more problems, to come up with more ideas. So there's three modes. There's three ways that we can enter into this. Uh, The first is a capture mode. And so the capture mode is uh, the best at capturing what's on your mind. And we talk about the importance of capturing ideas often on the podcast. It's a thread that winds its way through a lot of these episodes. But we have a lot of things that we keep in our mind regardless of how often we capture ideas. We keep things we're waiting on. We keep things we have to do that aren't in our to-do list yet. We keep uh, people we need to follow up on in our head instead of actually doing so. And so capture mode, you just have to uh, sit somewhere with a notepad and just capture what comes to mind. Uh, Journaling is kind of a shortcut uh, for some for some of these act- activities, but just let your mind wander. And I know you love uh, entering into this one after meditation even. Yeah, I think this would probably be the only real time that I really dive into this kind of mode. Yeah. I, th- I know you take this a lot more seriously and, and I probably <laughs> should too, but in my, in my at least workflow and life setup, I think I really do this after meditation. I've really developed a good meditation practice yeah. in the last two months. I'm actually meditating every day and really consistently. And man, it's like one of those things where the day you don't do it, you notice now. So yeah. it's, it's kind of cool, but that's maybe a topic for a different day. But yeah, this is really when I 
I capture things the most in this kind of mode right after meditation. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think, you know, something worth mentioning, you enter into this mode and not necessarily the other. Well, actually, you do enter into the second one, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, But I think that's a function of the kind of work that we do. And this is something to keep in mind with the work that you do. You do a lot of data science work, number crunching, where, you know, you don't want to bring too much creativity (laughs) into that. Maybe creativity to how you approach the work, but maybe becoming creative about deleting outliers and stuff like that might might not be the best idea. But for me, <laughs> I write books, I give talks, I, I'm constantly connecting more disparate ideas. And so the ones that you invest time and energy and attention into uh, should be uh, dictated by the kind of work you do and the kind of life you live. One, one quote that I just pulled up while you were chatting about meditation, which I love, it's from uh, Ignace Perdoweski. He's a pianist where he talks about, if I miss one day's practice, I notice it. If I miss two days, the critics notice it. If I miss three days, the audience notices it. And I think a similar thing could be true with meditation. Oh, for sure. Uh, but another, the second mode Problem crunching mode, in addition to this capture mode, is for processing specific problems. And th- this, this especially applies for things that we've reached an impasse with. And any problem you've reached an impasse with is especially conducive to being solved through mind wandering. And I think that's something to keep in mind. Some, the fact that you've reached an impasse with something, that's a sign that you need to let your mind roam around that idea. And this second mode is all about roaming. There's that great quote from uh, J.R.R. Tolkien where he says that not all those who wander are lost. And this is especially true for wandering around a specific problem that we're facing. Uh, so just keeping an idea at the front of your mind while letting your mind wander around it and just bringing it back when it wanders to something else. Uh, I, I know you've got some creative ways of dealing with this one too. Oh yeah, this is something I probably do more than any of the other two things on this list, I guess. Yeah. Especially, and we've talked about this on the podcast, how I will always write kind of one problem that I'm trying to solve or want to think on overnight Yeah. Uh, when I kind of wrap up my work day. And this is a great example of this where I know I have a specific problem rum, rum, I know I have a specific problem rumbling around in the back of my mind and I can go about my evening and cook, make dinner or work out or whatever and in the morning usually I have a, a solution to the problem. So it's wow. just a way of letting your brain kind of do the work for you and setting yourself up so that you have a very specific problem that you want to solve. Yeah, what, whatever it is that you can do to let your mind roam around something might be going on a walk without your phone and just bringing your mind back to that idea. It could be exercising and not listening to a podcast at the same time and letting your mind roam around Can that you idea. Do that? I think it's possible. Work I, out yeah. without listening to something? Mm, oh my. You might have know. to uh, <laughs> listen to me ramble on about it. Episode number 35, an idea to sleep on, uh, was where we covered that idea, how Arden generates so many ideas and just what makes her an incredible person. Number three. Aww. Number three is habitual mode. And the fascinating thing about habitual mode, so what it is, you just do something that's a habit and don't fill your attention to the brim. And so we carry around this productivity mindset so often throughout the day where we always want to be getting stuff done. But as it relates to idea generation, this can be 
counterintuitive because when we give our mind a chance to wander a little bit, when we're doing something habitual, whether it's uh, it could be cooking, it could be taking a shower, it could be uh, making our morning coffee, it could be doing chores around the house, it could be going for a run or a walk or a workout or something along those lines, just letting your mind have space, letting your mind just be free a little bit not have to process something, not have to focus on anything. And the research shows that when we're in this habitual mode, we generate the greatest number of ideas. We generate more ideas than when we're in the the problem-crunching mode, when we're just surrounding ourselves with one problem in our mind, and when we're capturing stuff. It leads to more creative insights, uh, as been shown through research. We're able to rest more. And it's more fun because we're doing something habitual, which leads us to scatter our attention for a bit longer. But the key here is to check up on what's on your mind and to have a place, you know, refer to episode number 44, Capturing Ideas, have a place where these ideas can land so you don't just quickly move on to the next one. Uh, If you're looking to generate creative ideas, if you're an entrepreneur, if your work benefits from a spoonful of creativity every once in a while. Uh, Habitual mode is a a marvelous one to enter into. Yeah, and it doesn't even need to be limited to problems you're trying to solve at work or with uh, whatever profession you're in. And I think arguably any profession can be, you can bring some creativity to whatever you're doing. I mean, I know you say I mostly work with data science, but there's a lot of creativity that needs to go into research, right? So, and I think in my case, running and doing my nails is definitely an example of where Mm. I really use this mode. So I've been running for pretty much my whole life since I was basically 12 years old. I've been a runner. From from what? At the time, my my black belt test, but oh. we don't need to talk about that. So that's a that's for another episode, another day. Yeah, another, another day. Yeah, in a past life, I did a black belt. I test. could probably take you have a black belt. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. Okay, we've, maybe we've not. talked about this yeah. before. I think I'd win, maybe. mostly because you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to hurt me. So <laughs> that's very true. I bet you you would win. But I'd, anyway, I'd be able to take advantage of that weakness. But anyway, we were back at talking about habitual mode. You're always the one to get this podcast back on track. Maybe that's because I'm more of a habitual mode and problem crunching mode than a capture mode. Yeah. But anyway, habitual mode in my life, this is definitely around running, which is very habitual for me. I can run for a very long time without having a lot of attention given to how painful running can be sometimes. Wow. Which is really nice. It's taken a long time to get to that mode. But if, if running sounds like a very enjoyable experience for you, it is. It is. Honestly, I have runners I <laughs> like several times a week. It's wow. amazing. So, but with if running or working out is that kind of habit for you, this can be an awesome way to do that because you just it has so many benefits on top of being able to generate ideas. So for me, I know if I do my nails, which is something I do to relax or. If I go for a run, this is one of those places where I have all sorts of ideas and just wonderful way to add in to the other two. Do your nails to relax, chew them off when you uh, get anxious again. Yep. It's a great cycle. (laughs) (laughs) So capture mode for capturing what's on your mind. Problem crunching mode for when you want to solve a specific problem that you've reached an impasse with. Habitual mode for generating ideas. All activate this mind-wandering mode of ours, where we think about the future, we connect it to the past and the present, uh, and plan and come up with ideas and rest. So, something to think about. 
Something else to think about, a way we've been ending a lot of these episodes is by giving you something incubated. It's a podcast that comes out every two weeks. And I have a simple thing because, you know, a lot of us are facing challenges. We always face challenges. We always have nuts to crack in our life. And, and the thing that I want to cover today is the difference between a problem and a situation. I came across a line in a book the other day from uh, The Practice by Seth Godin. Fantastic book uh, about doing creative work. And here's the quote. He writes, problems have solutions. That's what makes them problems. A problem without a solution isn't a problem. It's simply a situation. I I don't know why. Some Sometimes the right uh, line strikes you at the right time when you're in the right situation. But for some reason, when I encountered this, it, it hit me. Like just the fact that we see problems and situations the same way. We see them as something that we have to get through, but sometimes a situation, something that we don't have control over, uh, a pandemic as an example, uh, other hardships that aren't necessarily our fault or, or our responsibility to solve, we view those the same way that we view solvable problems. Uh, so something that happens to me every year around this time when we get less sunlight, we live in Canada, and I, I definitely have seasonal affect disorder where my mood takes this dip every single year. And we just came back from a lovely, refreshing walk where the sun was still out because it's before two in the afternoon here, whenever the sun goes down every day. And, you know, I think the key for me in, in reading this line and just kind of reframing that problem that I face every year is seeing it not as something I don't have control over, but as something that I do. And this dovetails off of a previous episode of the podcast, episode number, I'm going to look for it right now, a subset of worry, episode number 43, uh, where we chatted about just the fact that we don't have control over all the things that we're worrying about. A lot of them we do, though, and we can find ways of solving that. Uh, Recognize when the things you're facing are problems. Recognize when they're situations and deal with them accordingly. You know, find ways of coping with the ones that are situations, but find ways out of the ones that are problems. Beautiful. All right. So, oh, we should say, leave a review of the, we, we never ask. We rarely ask for anything, but but uh, if you do feel so inclined, it really does help the show. Uh, leave a review on the Apple podcast uh, page for this uh, for this podcast or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded if you want to help support the show. No pressure though. Uh, we're just happy to have you as a listener. And finishing up, becomingbettershow.com is where you can find the corresponding blog article for this particular episode of the podcast. We hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you in a couple Tuesdays. Bye.